following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It Podcast with Brittany Page and Jesse Dallimore. Welcome to the show, everybody. Episode 799 of I Doubt It Podcast. I am your host, Jesse Dollimore, joined today, the lovely, the talented, and indeed the scholarly Brittany Page, everybody. I'm just going to put it out there right now at the beginning of the show that it is very unlikely that I'm going to make it through this episode without crying. Yeah. Because I have not been able to make it through um a day certainly I, I don't know how how many hours i'm going uh without crying about the recent school shooting and we're going to be talking about it the entire show so if you are someone who has been following the news and you are feeling emotional about that and it's going to be a lot for you just want to let you know up front that we're going to be talking about it pretty thoroughly yeah, uh, we did get some listener communication from last episode about the abortion issue. We're going to hold off until uh, next episode uh, t- to talk about that because the the shooting in Uvalde, Texas uh, is going to, as Brittany just said, cover. we're going to cover it and it's going to be the entirety of the episode. Mm-hmm. Once again, we find ourselves in America inexplicably scratching our heads. There are very real solutions to the problem of gun violence, of the piles, the mountain of dead babies, children in their classrooms. We know what to do because a roadmap has been laid out by other countries who no longer have this problem. And we refuse to do anything meaningful by way of a solution. Any solution. Yeah. Any solution. And and listen, I said yesterday in a video that um, obviously Republicans um, need a, a heap of fault. They are to blame here. But if we don't turn the lens on ourselves and look at the fact that there are many Democrats who don't have the stomach to deal with this problem, again, dead children, then we fail ourselves because the filibuster needs to go the fuck away. Yeah. Well, and I I know that one of the people that you are probably thinking of, Jesse, is Kristen Sinema who, when asked to give a statement about the recent shooting at this elementary school, said that D.C. solutions are not realistic Mm. when it comes to uh, whether or not she would reform the filibuster to pass gun control. So D.C. solutions, I mean, that's like her job, right? Her job is not really effective at finding solutions for issues in our country. Does she really believe that, that she and her job are unimportant? She it has is, no role to play here. Well, what it is, it's it, it's just clear pandering to her 
her don't tread on me base when you start talking like that. Because it's the same thing. That right there is no different than, and I didn't know she said that. Mm -hmm. It doesn't shock me. She's a piece of shit. But it's no different than saying, let's not talk about, let's not politicize this. Let's not talk about the only solutions to this problem that are political. Right. Let's not talk about this in a political lens, which means let's not solve this problem. Let's not address this problem. Let's not think about this um, solution-minded. Right. And also uh, Joe Manchin, who was asked point blank, he says, I will do anything to solve this problem. Mm Mm-hmm. The reporter asked to follow up. Well, what about getting rid of the filibuster? Oh, I'm not willing to go that far. Right. We will descend into insanity without the filibuster. Mm-hmm. Unless we give the minority who didn't win enough elections to have the majority, unless we, we give them um, an outsized influence in, in our policy right. to limit debate. I mean, it's not even a, a yes or no vote. It's not giving them more votes. It's. We're letting them control the entire agenda, and they're not the party who won the majority. The, the, the people didn't give them a mandate to lead, and we are giving them the reins. Mm-hmm. Well, and President Biden came out, the I believe, the, the night That's that, right. that, the, yeah. that the shooting happened, and called on leaders to take action. Was not super specific right. in that call. Which is a failure. Certainly didn't call people out by name. Certainly didn't talk about the filibuster. There were a lot of things missing from that call to action. And he's been criticized for not having specifics in that call to action. And I'm sure that people are listening to this thinking, what the hell, Jesse and Brittany? You are only talking about Democrats right now. <laughs> Trust me, we're going to get to the Republicans with their quote unquote solutions, including doors. Yeah, well, let me address that. Because obviously, it goes unsaid. It, 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 is, it is just, it's like the air you breathe that Republicans are wrong on this and they are to blame. But if we don't, point listen if it just makes you feel good to watch joe biden get up there and give a speech and seem outraged i'm sure he's outraged that 19 children were slaughtered in their classrooms i'm sure he's bothered by it but he's not bothered enough to be the president of the united states of america and call demand that the senate abolish the filibuster that's all he had to do was look there are solutions and the way we get to those solutions is through legislation and the way we get to those legislative solutions is by doing away with an archaic insane senate rule I mean, at the very least, we go back to a talking filibuster where the person, Mr. Smith, goes to Washington, has to actually get up there and read Green Eggs and Fucking Ham, letting the world and the country know what they oppose. Well, and the reason he could have been specific is really to educate the American people about what can be done, because I think a lot of people are feeling quite hopeless right now and... I mean, I'm certainly seeing that within my own network, with 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 my tw- Twitter timeline. I'm seeing a lot of hopelessness. 
And the benefit of President Biden being specific in naming actual things that can be done is to give the American people an idea of what they can be doing to assist with moving that forward. And, you know, for example, the House has passed several bills on gun safety and the Senate is doing nothing with those. Um, H.R. 8 expands background checks to all gun transactions and transfers and um, also closes the Charleston loophole. The Charleston loophole is a gap in federal law that lets gun sales proceed without a completed background check if three business days have passed. So H.R. 8 is an example of something that the Senate could vote on. They could pass. And a lot of Republicans, you're already hearing them say this, well, the background check thing, yeah, that wouldn't have stopped this from happening. Okay, so it may not have stopped this one from happening, but it seems like anything would help, right? It seems like any kind of progress might be good progress. Yeah, they're looking for an all or nothing answer. If it's not a panacea that is going to be a cure-all for every single mass shooting incident, well, we can't even consider that. Mm -hmm. We need a magic wand, which is why they rely so heavily on thoughts and prayers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I, I want to say up front that if you are feeling quite hopeless right now, that we are feeling waves of that too. I guess I'll speak for myself. I'm certainly feeling waves of that. I have had to take breaks from from consuming the news. Certainly I've had a thought, well, wouldn't it be nice if I was one of these people who like didn't read the news? Yeah. But then I know that I could never forgive myself for being someone who doesn't know what's going on and isn't actively trying to work on improving things for other people. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, There's organizations that you can follow, that you can get involved with, that you can donate to, everytown.org, bradyunited.org, giffords.org, March for Our Lives. Um, You can text these various organizations to get updates that can help you get ideas of actions that you can take. So you can text ACT to 64433 to get updates from every town. And if you go to these various organizations, you, you can find other ways to contact them and get resources. And of course you can always call your elected officials. So you can use the United States Capitol switchboard. You can call 202-224-3121. Tell the Senate to pass HR eight, which is what we just talked about with the background checks and the Charleston loophole. And it's listen, it is easy when you call that number, an operator will 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 get on the line and then you tell them where you live and they will connect you to your representative. Right. It's easy. Mm-hmm. And then when you call, someone might answer. Uh, it'll likely be a staffer, and you, you, you register your, your position. They will mark it down, keep track of that. Um, it's very easy. Mm-hmm. And it's also incumbent upon every one of us to do things like this, do whatever is in our power to force the change that we want to see in our country. So we wanted to start there with talking about things that we can actually be doing because it is going to get kind of dark as we go through this. It's going to be frustrating. We're going to start off with the Republicans and their various responses to things. And we're going to start with Ted Cruz because he has been making the rounds. Obviously, this happened in his state, Texas, and he's been 
Offering various solutions, one of the first solutions that he feels is most important is to have armed guards or police at all schools. We know from past experience that the most effective tool for keeping kids safe uh, is armed law enforcement on the campus. You know, inevitably, when there's a murder of this kind, uh, you see politicians try to politicize it. Uh, You see Democrats and a lot of folks in the media whose immediate solution is to try to restrict uh, the constitutional rights of law-abiding citizens. That doesn't work. So... A few things on this. Imagine if Ted Cruz believed this about abortion. Yeah, no shit. He's talking about uh, that the politicians and the media, their immediate solution is to try to restrict the constitutional rights of law-abiding citizens. And then in the same breath, he'll say that he prays that Roe versus Wade is overturned. Yeah. What about the constitutional rights? What about we don't want to be restricting the constitutional rights of law-abiding citizens? Only on guns, apparently. Right. Well, because their pockets are lined richly by the gun lobby and the NRA. Right. These people rake in cash, hand over fist, millions and millions of dollars unabashedly. And he's going to be appearing, right, at the NRA convention that is this weekend in Texas? That is this weekend and which um, you cannot bring your guns to when Donald Trump is on the stage. Even though they make everyone safer. Right. More guns equals less crime. Yeah. If you have a room full of good guys with a gun, it should be the safest room in the world. Yet guns are not allowed. Not only are guns not allowed, toy guns aren't allowed. You can't even have a a toy. Mm Mm-hmm. And you can't even bring it to the venue because there's no storage option. They don't even want him on the premises. Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense. Well, let's talk about those good guys with the guns. Let's talk about the police. Let's talk about the police that responded to this school shooting in Texas. There's been a lot of... um, Inconsistent reporting. Yeah. I, I, not inconsistent reporting. There's been inconsistent reporting from the police. Let's say that uh, in terms of when the police responded, how many police were uh, engaging the suspect in gunfire prior to him entering the school after he entered the school. Here's where I think it sits right now. And definitely go check out this AP article. It's on the Facebook page. It's on the Twitter page. Onlookers urged police to charge into Texas school. Okay, we're, 40 we're, minutes. We're already not in a great place when we have parents that are begging the police outside of the school to do something as someone is shooting children inside of a school. I've read reports that the parents were trying to mobilize to go in on their own to rush, yes. rush in, and police held them back, would not allow them, in the absence of action from the police, wouldn't let the parents go in. Right. So here's where I think the official accounting has landed. This isn't where the official accounting from the police started, but here's where I think it has landed. The 18-year-old shooter got into a car crash near the school, and then he grabbed his gun and ammunition, and he headed toward the school. He got into some sort of altercation with the school resource officer on campus prior to entering the school. 
Then after he entered the school, he exchanged gunfire with two police officers who they are saying are both wounded. They're not explaining what their wounds are. They're not giving details as to that. But they are saying that the two officers that he exchanged gunfire with after entering the school are wounded. Then we are finding that he was in the school, uh, entered a classroom, barricaded himself in the classroom, killed 19 kids, two teachers. Originally, the police said that the cops had been the ones that barricaded him in a room. Right. So then that changed as well. Keep in mind, by the way, these are lies. This is obfuscation. This is this is an attempt to muddy the waters in an attempt to try to paint themselves in the best light when they failed. The same cops who kill unarmed Americans, the same cops who are highly trained individuals who are making the case for not defunding their budgets, allowed 19 kids to be gunned down in their classrooms who failed to interdict, who failed to stop this 18-year-old idiot from getting into the school. Not a highly trained mercenary we're talking about. We're talking about a high school dropout who bought a couple of AR-15s and hundreds of rounds of ammunition. And the cops, who are highly trained, well-funded, especially in the state of Texas, failed. I don't know if it's because of cowardice. I don't know. We don't know yet because they're not being forthcoming with details. They're not. And this is reporting from the AP. Quote, Department of Public Safety Director Steve McCraw told reporters that 40 minutes to an hour elapsed from when the suspect opened fire on the school security officer to when the tactical team shot him. So 40 minutes to an hour. That's how long that he was in the school. Yeah. Though a department spokesman said later that they could not give a solid estimate of how long the gunman was in the school or when he was killed. Quote, the bottom line is law enforcement was there. They did engage immediately. They did contain him in the classroom. Okay, so evading specifics. The bottom line is that they were there and that they did engage immediately. Well, what... Let's get on the ground with the statement. Uh, when someone says bottom line is, what they're doing is generalizing an answer that was a specific question. Mm-hmm. Well, look, look, look. You can ask all these questions. Here's the bottom line on this. I'm going to boil this down and, and distill it in a in a way to give you information that you should know. And it's going to be very general, super vague. It's not going to answer with any specificity the question that you're actually asking. Mm -hmm. Cowards. Continued reporting from the AP. Meanwhile, a law enforcement official familiar with the investigation said the Border Patrol agents had trouble breaching the classroom door and had to get a staff member to open the room with a key. The official spoke on the condition of anonymity because he was not authorized to speak publicly about the ongoing investigation. So the tactical team had trouble opening the classroom door and had to get a staff member to open the room with a key. Let's also go half a step back and um, impress upon the audience also that 
There's no investigation that they need to preserve here. The gunman is dead. There's not a future prosecution at risk. They can come forth with all the details now. Nothing's going to be jeopardized. We need to know. We are owed the truth. And we need to know just how much of a failure all of the armed officers involved were. Feds and local and state. Mm -hmm. Well, and according to local reporting in San Antonio... When the cops came, this is a quote from the article, when the cops came, the cops said, yell if you need help. And this is from a, uh, a child. This is giving this reporting. And one of the persons in my class said, help. The guy overheard being the shooter, and he came in and shot her, the boy said. The cop barged into the classroom. The guy shot at the cop, and the cops started shooting. So what he's describing here is the police, before they've killed the shooter, the police are having the, the kids say, if you need help, yell help. Right. Which then had a kid yell help because they need help. And then the kid got shot. Right. Identify where you are so the shooter can come find you and dispatch you. I mean, what are we doing here? The police are giving an inconsistent timeline. They're giving contradictory statements. They're lying. Let's say what it is. And they're... There's going to be probably no consequences for any of this. It's all going to get lost in the mishmash of yeah, reporting. Because hands off their budgets. Don't defund us. What we do is important. We protect and we serve. Right. And so going back to Ted Cruz and his solution, and Ted Cruz is not an outlier on this. This is the solution that Republicans give is to have more police, armed guards, armed guards to hide outside of the school, like in Parkland. Like the Parkland shooting. This yeah. isn't a one-off. Right. This happening in Texas. This has happened before. Hiding in the parking lot. So here is yet another solution. Not the one that's actually going to matter, but another solution from Ted Cruz to stop school shootings. School safer. And one of the things that, that, that everyone agreed is don't have all of these unlocked back doors. Have one door into and out of the school and have that one door armed police officers at that door. If that had happened, if those federal grants had gone to this school, when that psychopath arrived, the armed police officers could have taken him out and we'd have 19 children and two teachers still alive. The armed officers could have taken him out. Again, we've already addressed that. Uh, they didn't. They were there. They did not do so. Next, we have the doors. Oh, okay. So we need fewer doors, not fewer guns. Yeah. Also, what if a fire breaks out? You one door for an entire school. That's the only exit. Yeah. I mean. We need to overhaul the fire codes now. I mean, come on. Mm -hmm. I, I, I've also heard like fencing perimeters and there's like like dead space like in a prison where there's like a a, a giant fence with Con constantina wire and then there's a dead space and then another giant fence with Con i mean they want to the, the the term of phrase that they're using is harden these targets mm -hmm. so they want to turn them into prisons they want to turn them into military installations mm -hmm. yeah rather than just eliminate diminish the ability for people to access weapons of war we're not talking about um i'm not talking about uh, a repealing of the second amendment we're talking about 
the AR-15, which is essentially the exact same thing as an M16A2 service weapon, the same weapon I used in the Marine Corps. The AR-15 does not have a a switch that gives you the ability to fire three rounds at a time, a three-round burst. But other than that, it's virtually identical. And this, this man turned 18, immediately went down and bought hundreds of rounds of ammunition and an AR-15 at 18 years old. Uh, two two guns. Two guns. He purchased, and that I think in itself should be a red flag. Yeah, why do you need two? Why do you? Well, accumulating all of these hundreds weapons, hundreds of rounds, these weapons, and all of this ammunition in such a short period of time, immediately after your birthday. I don't know. It's just they want to reach for any other solution other than the one that's right in front of them, and. For Ted Cruz to say, well, all these politicians want to rush to being make, making this a political issue. He's standing there making this a political issue as he's offering solutions, dumb solutions that they may be, but those are still political solutions that he's offering. If we're going to adjust as a country how many doors schools have, for example, I'm assuming that's right. going to be done in his view through a legislative process. Is it not? Is that not going to be political for him? Right. Or are we going to fund, like I've heard on Fox News, them talking about pr- providing ballistic blankets for children to hide under oh perfect that ha- that's a political solution we have to fund that we have to appropriate money for that mm-hmm. rather than just get rid of the goddamn guns mm-hmm. oh let's give them bulletproof blankets right well and you also had jesse waters on fox news yesterday and he offered one solution he talked about increasing the shooter drills that kids go through okay so this shooter just turned 18. This shooter has been going through shooter drills his entire life. Right. His entire life he's been going through shooter drills because Sandy Hook was 10 years ago. This year. Yeah, this year. 10 years ago this year. In December, I believe, is, is the um, anniversary of that shooting. I, when I was in high school, went through shooter drills. And I'm in my 30s. Yeah. Okay? So if I was going... Through shooter drills when I was in high school, this 18-year-old has been going through shooter drills his entire life. Yeah. They are not useful if the people who are doing the shooting have gone through the drills. They're not just not useful. They are the opposite of it. Because this asshole, the gunman, was well-versed, just as versed as they are at evading a shooter He knows what the training regimen is. He knows what uh, they are prescribed to do. Mm -hmm. What are the steps that need to be taken? Where are they going to hide? In in what numbers are they going to be? What areas of the classroom? Right. He knew. Right. And they weaponize that knowledge because it is drilled into the heads of American elementary school students, of junior high students, and high school students. Right. So another nonsense solution from another Republican. And let's hear now from Marco Rubio, who wants to give us his perspective on solutions. But why not just expand the background tax to more commercial sales, even if it doesn't prevent every tragedy? It could surely present, well, prevent every, some, right? No, every commercial sale requires a background check. Gun, sa- gun shows and right. internet. There hasn't been a single of these mass shootings that have been purchased at a gun show at the, on the internet. So if people want to do that, we can have that debate, but don't link it to these horrible events because they would have nothing to do with it. What about getting rid of AR? He just said we can have that debate. 
Mm-hmm. Except we cannot have that debate. Right. Because the filibuster and Republicans will not allow it. 15th, why are these semi-automatic rifles well, necessary? No, so if people want to talk about banning specific guns, they should propose that, but it wouldn't prevent these shootings. And instead, Rubio says he plans to push forward separate legislation to deal with improving school safety. It's unclear whether or not that will get Democratic support. The Democratic leader in the Senate, Kate Chuck Schumer, has promised to move forward on these House-passed bills that would expand background checks on... They, by the way, they have promised to move forward, but then they just paused mm-hmm. in hopes of compromise. Mm-hmm. The Democrats have paused a vote on any kind of gun safety or gun regulations in hopes of compromise with the Republicans. I mean, cue Charlie Brown having the fucking football ripped away as he goes to kick it. God damn. Well, and shout out to Mano Raju, first of all, at CNN, great reporter, uh, interviewing Marco Rubio here. Marco Rubio saying that he wants to put forward a bill to improve school safety. Very nebulous. What does that mean? Right. Are we talking about minimizing the number of doors again? Is that what we're coming back well, to? He, he also, without evidence, is just like, well, that no, there's never been a school shooting from an internet sale. There's never been a mass shooting from a, a, a gun show sale. Mm-hmm. Every commercial sale is background checked, he said, incorrectly. Mm-hmm. He was lying. It's not that he doesn't know. Mm-hmm. It's that he's lying about it. Well, and he went on to say, according to Mano Raju, quote, the truth of the matter is these people are going to commit these horrific crimes, whether they have to use another weapon to do it, they're going to figure out a way to do it. So why do we have any laws ever at all for anything? Yeah, Listen, Brittany, people are going to rob banks no matter what, we can't just make laws against robbing banks. I mean, how ineffective do these people believe that they are? How useless do they believe right. that they are? Well, they don't believe that because if they believe that it doesn't matter if you outlaw abortion, people are still going to get abortions. Right. They know that's not true. Right. They just don't care. They do not care. They don't care about hundreds, hundreds, and hundreds of of dead kids from 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 gun violence. In 2021, it was like 16 or 1700 dead kids. And you know how many cops died from gun violence in 2021? Like 62. Right. People who sign up for the risk of violence. Well, is that because they're not actually going into situations where their personal safety is at risk and they're kind of waiting it out outside of a school for 40 minutes? Or Well, it very well could be based on what we know about cops. So let's jump to another Republican, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, who again returns to the doors as a solution. But before we play this clip, I want you to listen to this. And I want you to understand that this is shortly after the shooting occurred and as i was consuming the news after the shooting occurred there were several anchors that i saw that got choked up while talking about it or cried openly and i want you to listen for the level of emotionality that you hear in this newsmax reporter's voice and in texas ag ken paxton's voice 
As, as you well know, the state of Texas, not a stranger to shootings that either begin in schools or wander into schools. Uh, I know your team has dealt with this before. What were some of the solutions? And I know that Governor Abbott and Lieutenant Governor Patrick have also come up with tasks for uh, task forces to harden these schools so they're not easy targets, easy prey for crazy people who go nuts with firearms. Uh, what what can you tell us has been talked about in the past? What has been implemented and what hasn't been? Yeah, sadly, this has happened again and it's, it's a horrible tragedy. But the types of things that we talked about, and I'll never forget it after the Santa Fe shooting, was having one mm-hmm. point of entry, making it more difficult for people even to get in that point of entry, make sure that they, they and having potentially teachers and other administrators who have gone through training and who are armed because first responders typically can't get there in time to prevent a shooting. Uh, they, just, it's just not possible unless you have, have a police officer on, camp, on every campus, which for a lot of these schools is almost impossible. So I, I think you're going to have to do more at the school because it typically involves very short periods of time and you have to have people trained on campus to react. Exactly. Yeah, uh, today. This is a tragedy, but launch into talking points that protect gun rights. Texas is not a stranger to shooting in schools. That's yeah, some, literally what he said. Some of our, our our most horrific shootings are in a state where it's filled with good guys with guns. I mean, and by the way, this didn't seem to be racially motivated. Many of them are great replacement theory motivated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, again, complete lack of emotion in that discussion. There was no emphasis on how these are human lives that have been extinguished. He rushed by the point. Yeah, yeah, it's a tragedy, but right. let me get to my other thing that I really want to talk about, which is getting those dollars from the gun lobby. Right. Well, and let's also talk about the point um, that the Newsmax host, I called him a reporter earlier, mistake, host, <laughs> yeah, uh, said, quote unquote, crazy people who go nuts with firearms. There's no evidence that this individual had a diagnosable mental illness. And when you hear people say, let's not blame mental illness for this, what they really mean is there is no diagnosable mental illness that reliably predicts uh, people committing mass murder. And sure, you can talk about how a shooter may have experienced some sort of distress. Maybe they were feeling depressed. Maybe they had a traumatic event and they're reacting to that. Who knows the different variables that make this up. But when people say we can't blame mental illness, what that means is, is there's not a diagnosable mental illness that reliably predicts right. violent behavior like this. You can't point to a diagnosis and say, mm, people who are diagnosed with this have a have a greater likelihood of creating mass murder. Uh, that's not something that exists. And, and I think that that's the important point that we need to focus on when we say mental illness is not the problem. Sure, you can talk about how we do not have enough access to people being able to reach mental health treatment when they are struggling. Let's say they do have some sort of psychological distress and they don't even have a diagnosable mental illness and they want to reach out and they want to get help, but there are obstacles in their way. Sure, that's an important conversation to have. 
But let's also ask, are Republicans really dedicated to the proposition of ensuring that there is mental health treatment funded for everybody? Or are they going to great lengths in states like Texas, for example, to actually prevent people like trans children from accessing important mental health treatment? Well, let's talk about Texas specifically, because Greg Abbott, they're very fond of saying, oh, it's mental illness, it's mental illness, it's mental illness. Ah, it's video games. Let's set aside the fact that in countries all over the planet, there is also mental illness and video games, and they don't have mass shootings like this. Right. Sometimes they don't have mass shootings, period. Mm-hmm. Not like this, period. Mm-hmm. But let's set that aside. Greg Abbott, who is fond of, of invoking the mental illness thing, yes, decreased funding for mental, for mental health care in the state decreased it so if it is such a precursor to mass shootings why wouldn't he increase funding or at least maintain funding instead he gutted it right so focusing on that statement that the newsmax host said to texas ag ken paxton that Texas AG Ken Paxton did not challenge, by the way, when he said, quote, Texas is not a stranger to shooting in schools. Yeah. Here's the key point that I want everyone to remember is that Republicans are very effective at achieving their goals when they want to ban abortion, for example, when they want to ban books in schools, when they want to ban certain topics from being discussed in schools, when they want to ban treatment of uh, transgender individuals, they're very effective at making those things happen. So you have to wonder, why would Texas continue to be no stranger to school shootings if they actually wanted to stop that from happening? Because they're pretty effective in other ways. It's stopping things that they don't want happening, right? Yeah, legal voting. You just you just made a list. So why not do something about this? Yeah. You can stop this and you're offering no solutions, zero solutions, minimizing the doors on schools. You're not actually going to do that. It's not a solution. You're saying that to avoid talking about the central problem. A couple of years ago, Greg Abbott tweeted that there, some study was showing that uh, new gun sales, Texas was not the number one new gun sale state in the country. It was like California. Mm-hmm. And he tweeted how embarrassed he was that they weren't selling enough guns in Texas. And people need to get on it. We need to, we need to turn this around, y'all. Because that is the focus. That is what is important to Republicans, especially Greg Abbott. Yeah. We'd love to know what you think about this. On the other side of the break, we're gonna we're gonna talk about Chuck Schumer and some of the and Beto O'Rourke, what he did yesterday. Uh, before we do, though, 657-464-7609. Of course, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. I Doubt It is a listener-supported podcast. Support comes from our most loyal, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners just like you via Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as $2 a month would help keep the conversation moving forward one podcast at a time. If you have a few dollars to spare each month, we invite you to help produce the show by joining the Patreon family. Please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it podcast. 
We would like to thank our new Patreon supporters, Isaac M. Isaac M. Crazy P. Crazy P. Kevin B. Kevin B. Nahimi N. Nahimi N. Samuel B. Samuel B. And a special shout out to Michael S. Michael S. For more than doubling the pledge. Fantastic. Thank you very much. We have an announcement for our um, May monthly Patreon hangout that we do on Zoom. Normally, it's on the last Saturday of the month, which which would mean it's this week. But unfortunately, we had to push a guest out that we're going to be hosting to come on the show this weekend because we had COVID. <laughs> so yeah. we had to push it to this weekend. So the guest is actually going to be here with us this weekend to record. And so we're going to need to push the hangout to the first week of June. So we're going to do it Saturday, June 4th. <laughs> At 1 p.m. Eastern time. And if you notice that there was an edit there. (laughs) You don't notice because you're really good at editing. I'm going to make sure that the edit is very noticeable. Okay. Because we are (laughs) dum-dums who never can remember the time. Apparently, we just lived in California too long and we have Pacific time on the break. Okay, so. 1 o'clock Eastern time, Saturday, Saturday, June 4th. June 4th. (laughs) See you there we appreciate you guys very much uh britney raised her hand right as i started to speak i just want to say that we love you and we appreciate you thank you for all of your loyalty and dedication to the show thank you for your patience while we were um covid ridden and all fucked up and convalescing uh it means a lot to us that you guys are still around and um clamoring (laughs) <laughs> for new new content. We Thank also you. have about 35 to 40 envelopes that are going out this week with magnets and stickers. So if you haven't gotten yours yet, you may be getting it in the mail. If you haven't gotten it and you are still waiting on it and you should have had it by now, feel free to reach out to us and we can make sure that you get it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, now let's, let's move on. And this is kind of the other side of the coin. It's like Democrats' reactions and rational people's reactions and people who are advocates for change in our gun laws and what, what they have had to say through all of this. And we're going to start with Chuck Schumer. Please, 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 damn it. Put yourself in the shoes of these parents for once. Maybe that thought... Putting yourself in the shoes of these parents instead of in the arms of the NRA might let you wriggle free from the vice-like grip of the NRA, might free you to act on even a simple measure. For the sake of these children, these nine-year-olds, these 10-year-olds, these 11-year-olds, these beautiful children, please, damn it, please, think if it was your child or grandchild. So I wanted to play this before we talk about Beto because Beto made the made had a viral moment. He showed up at Greg Abbott's little uh, press conference, mm-hmm. non political press conference, right? Uh, addressing filled with politicians, uh, filled with politicians. <laughs> Ken Paxson was there. Greg Abbott was there. The Ted mayor. Cruz, the mayor of Uvalde, was there. Ted Cruz was standing behind. There's just a cadre of goofs up there who aren't doing fucking anything. Mm-hmm. Except for being at a, da- a dais with a with a crowd full of people there, right? So I wanted to start with Chuck Schumer because I think this is the typical approach, the typical approach that Democrats take to try to get the attention of Republicans, saying, "Put yourself in this person's shoes, right? 
in appeal to their empathy, in appeal to compassion. Don't you care about this issue? Can't you see that children are dying? We've tried this. We've tried this so many times. Yeah. It's time to ignore Republicans and forge ahead with solutions. And it's it's not working. And so the reason that I think that Beto had this moment that went viral is because he took a different approach. And I think it's one that more Democrats need to take. Well, as the governor was going for, through his introductory remarks, uh, governor, and before he started taking questions, uh, Beto O'Rourke, who had come into the press conference just uh, moments before it started and sat down in the third row, uh, then stood up and started confronting the governor. It didn't take long, if you watch the video of all of this, for others in the crowd to start uh, yelling back at Beto O'Rourke. But this is some of the exchange that we saw unfold uh, just a short while ago. Excuse me. Sit down. You're out of you're out of line and an embarrassment. Sit down. Next shooting is right now, and you are doing nothing. No. Please get out of here. This isn't the place to talk to us over. This is totally predictable. Sir, you're out of line. Sir, you're out of line. Sir, you're out of line. Please leave this auditorium. I can't believe you're a sick son of. Come to a deal like this to make a political issue. And that person you saw there behind the governor, the lieutenant governor, yelling, you're, you're out of line, is the mayor of Uvalde. And as he was being escorted out, Beto O'Rourke started telling the governor, turn around once again and said, this is on you. As long as gun laws in this state are not changed, uh, then there will continue to be more children killed like here in Uvalde. Uh, Beto O'Rourke was escorted out of the press conference in the press briefing area, and he spoke with reporters afterwards. This 18-year-old who just turned 18 bought an AR-15 and took it into an elementary school and shot kids in the face and killed them. Why are we letting this happen in this country? Why is this happening in this state? Year after year, city after city, this is on all of us if we do not do something, and I am going to do something, and I'm not alone. The people of Texas are with us. The majority of the people of Texas are with us. So you can clearly see the political intensity of what this event uh, is uh, triggering here in uh, Texas. Uh, Beto O'Rourke, of course, facing off against uh, Governor Greg Abbott in the November election. Uh, the uh, Abbott is up for re-election this year. Uh, Beto O'Rourke running against him. And you can imagine uh, that this is going to be one of the key campaign issues that Beto O'Rourke uh, will continue to carry on. But remember, uh, this is a state that is extremely conservative. This is a county that voted for uh, Donald Trump in the 2020 presidential election. Um, and there have been many thoughts, and, uh, you know, Beto O'Rourke has talked about uh, taking away AR-15s. He has taken a great deal of criticism on that from uh, Texas Republicans. But clearly, Beto O'Rourke leaning into that and feeling very comfortable making that a campaign issue going into the rest of this year. I've seen some responses online that have called this political theater. And... Let's let's say that that's true. Let's say that this jaded person online who says that this is political theater that Beto doesn't actually care is correct. Political theater seems to go a long way in convincing the American public. Do people forget that we got Donald Trump because of political theater? Right. So if that's what you believe it is, fine. We need more of it. Whatever that was, 
we need more of that. And we need less of what we saw from Chuck Schumer. Get out of here. Oh, yeah. I thought <laughs> the reaction of, by the way, some of the photos of Beto O'Rourke, and we'll talk about Chuck Schumer, are pretty remarkable of a line of armed pol- police officers pointing toward the exit mm-hmm. with Beto O'Rourke being a, the lone man. Mm-hmm. In opposition to them doing nothing. Yeah, the police mobilized pretty quickly in this situation. Right. So this this is what we need more of. And Beto continued outside. The The cameras followed him outside, were, were talking to him. And I really liked one of his answers in particular when he challenged directly this idea that now is not the time to have these quote-unquote political discussions. Yeah, Tom, it was absolutely a stunning scene. We heard the commotion inside, saw DPS officers and local police sprint towards the high school, and then we saw O'Rourke walk outside. We were able to meet him as he was surrounded by a throng of people, and I asked him the one question that we wanted to hear the answer to. Take a listen. It's not the time to make this political. Now is the time to stop the next shooting. Um, right after Santa Fe High School was the time to stop the next shooting. Right after El Paso was the time to stop the next shooting. Right after Midland Odessa was the time to, to stop the next shooting. And in each case, we say this isn't the time. Now is the time. Like, literally, right now. That's why I'm here. Um, that's what we want as a state. Um, that, that, that's what I want as a parent. I've got three kids who are in high school and middle school and elementary school that's what they want and and i face their judgment and my conscience and ultimately my maker for what i do when i have the chance to to change this and i'm going to do everything in my power to change this and i'm not alone the majority of texas is with us on this right now and i believe that to be the case i don't believe texas listen a lot of times what happens in politics in the united states is i see liberals discounting conservative states like well let them let it burn Mm. idaho oklahoma texas for instance and as though every single human being who lives in texas is a republican and recalcitrant relative to this issue and that's not the case there are millions of texans who are Democrats who are progressives, who care, who do want solutions here. It's only because of a vocal minority of Americans and Texans that nothing gets done. People think they are cowered into silence because of the vocal minority on this particular issue. Yeah. Well, and as we're wrapping up here, I want to start moving back into solutions because again I, w- I really want us to collectively fight against that impulse to feel hopeless and to shut ourselves off you know I kept reminding myself that every time I got emotional and every time I cried about the news that it's actually a good thing because I am not desensitized to this and we should all feel pain when we see these headlines yeah and it is a good thing to be moved to action when these things happen. When you see people like the Newsmax clip that we played of them talking in a very disconnected way. Devoid of emotion or concern or empathy. We don't want to do that. But we we don't want to get so lost in the emotion and the sadness that comes along with this that we start to feel hopeless and like the things that we do don't matter because they do matter. So transitioning back a little bit to what we can do 
PBS hosted uh, Chris Brown, president of Brady, the advocacy campaign that focuses on preventing gun violence. And she gave a perspective on solutions that are actually useful. When is enough is the question we all have to ask. And I don't understand fundamentally why we don't have a body politic, especially the Senate, who just says, okay, it is enough. And let's just do something simple. Let's start here. Expand Brady background checks. They've stopped 4 million sales of guns to individuals who shouldn't have them. Can we not start there? And that could be passed tomorrow. It's sitting in the Senate. And that's to me, democracy, it's also doing something to recognize that this is a uniquely American problem. It doesn't have to be this way. I mean, as I'm sure you are aware, we've already seen senators like Joe Manchin say that they don't support reforming the filibuster to pass new gun control laws. Senator Mitch McConnell, the leader of the Republican Party, saying he doesn't see that this is the right time for that. You've also been through many of these campaigns after Newtown and and Sandy Hook, where we all as a nation thought legislation would, something that would be done, failed to occur. Do you have any hope that this time will, in fact, be different? I'm not sure it will, but I will say one thing. Um, I'm an able-bodied citizen of the United States of of America, and uh, I care. I have two daughters. I have neighbors. I could not live with myself if I had a bill to expand a law that 90% of Americans support, like expanded Brady background checks, which stand, let me be clear, for the crazy proposition that individuals who are seeking to buy a firearm actually are subject to background checks. Why is that important? Because we have certain prohibited purchasing categories, convicted felons, convicted domestic abusers. We want to ensure that those people don't easily access guns. If I were a member of the United States Senate, like my neighbors, like everyone that I could walk down the street and talk to, they would say, yes, I would stand for that. But I think most Americans don't understand is why is a bill like that to expand Brady background checks to states that have not yet put that in place, not coming to the floor of the Senate? And there is no good answer. I think if you saw what Chris Murphy said earlier, and I know that you all uh, covered this extensively, he said, let's bring that bill to the floor. I agree. I think the Democratic leadership should bring that to the floor. And the question is not, to be perfectly honest, will that come to the floor and have a vote that withstands the filibuster? The question is, Can it be brought to the floor? And if it does not withstand the filibuster, we have to end the filibuster because the filibuster is killing us. So priority one is to bring that vote to the floor. And if it fails, priority two is to end the filibuster. And if we want to stop gun violence, those are the top two priorities or the next mass shooting is going to occur. And unfortunately... 
Chris Brown, president of Brady, the advocacy campaign, is not being facetious. She's not. It's not a turn of phrase that the filibuster is killing us. The filibuster is killing us. Yeah. So this is, again, where we want to start hearing about uh, politicians talking about how we need to end the filibuster. Bernie Sanders has been tweeting about this. You see Elizabeth Warren taking this on. AOC has been tweeting about this. It's it's important that more Democrats start vocally speaking up against their fellow Democrats who are standing in name, the way. Yeah, name fucking name. Stop with this, the gentleman across the aisle, my good friend. Listen, if Joe Manchin and, and Kirsten Cinema are impediments to progress, impediments to the 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 the, the, the solutions to to child slaughter. Then you isolate them, you box them out, you get them off their committees, you render them powerless. Because what's the worst that's going to happen? Joe Manchin's going to switch parties and then nothing gets done while Republicans are in office? I mean, what is the downside to rendering him powerless in the Democratic Party? Mm -hmm. Listen, and then we'll move on. This is why. It is critically, vitally important to vote this midterm. To And I know it's, it's likely preaching to the choir with our audience because you are active, you are organized, you are involved. But you need to convince a neighbor, a friend, a family member, a co-worker who might not otherwise vote. Make it uncomfortable for them. For, drive them to the polls. Do the legwork to get just a few more people to vote who otherwise wouldn't. Because that is how we're going to change things. Is with an unstoppable majority in the House and the Senate. Yeah. So it's hard to leave this on a super positive note, but we're we're doing our best where we're talking about solutions. We're talking about things you can do. We're we're gonna play this last clip, and I think that some people in the media are doing a very good job of not letting the human element be lost here, but also not letting the hypocrisy from Republicans go unnoticed. And Allison Camerata is one of those journalists on CNN, was talking to a Texas state rep and highlighted some hypocrisy in his approach to this issue. Mr. White, I'm sorry to interrupt. We know those details. What we want to know is what your solution is. And the reason I ask is because we've all seen how quickly and creatively Texas, your local legislature, can act when it wants to, say, protect the uh, unborn embryo. Why not act with that alacrity to protect living, breathing 10-year-olds in this school behind me? Use that same blueprint that you use for your abortion law. Make there be waiting periods. Make them have to come back to the scene more than once, make them have to answer questions. Why can't you protect living 10-year-olds? Well, thank you for that question. And let me tell you why we will not, uh, have not taken that approach consistent with the legislation you brought up as it uh, relates to innocent unborn life in the womb is because we have this thing called the Constitution, okay? And what we really need to be looking at is whether it's in Buffalo, whether it's in in Uvalde, is these young men, uh, for some reason, that have some very disturbed emotional state. We need to look at our mental health system. 
What and how evidence is there that there is a mental health issue here, sir? We heard the same thing from the governor. We heard it from several uh, elected officials. The governor has said there is no known connection to mental health uh, illness. The statement from the NRA, you have a 92% rating from the NRA, your lifetime member. They say that this was the act of a lone deranged criminal. There's no evidence okay, that he was deranged. Yeah. There was no evidence yeah. that there was mental illness. Okay. Well, well, look, deranged is a is a state of, of mental health. OK, so look, we're going to look at everything. Mental health expert, <laughs> James Fuck White. McGee over here. State Rep. James White, expert on mental health. Uh, well, derangement is a state of mental health. Yeah. Uh, I have I have expertise in this area, y'all. Shout out to uh, co-anchor Victor Blackwell there for also challenging this uh, goofball, James White. So... This was a good moment, I think, where they are directly challenging Republicans saying, but what is your actual solution? You act very quickly when you want to ban abortion, for example. Why are you not proposing anything to act on now? Well, we have this thing called the Constitution. Yeah, you also had that with abortion. Didn't seem super important. Well, I think what if there's any criticism to be leveled in in hindsight, you know, be an armchair quarterback here, what they could have done is when he's when he says things like and when these people like James White say things like, well, we need to focus on blah, 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 blah. Okay, well, what are you introducing? What are you proposing we do in order that an actual focus is put on whatever it is you think is the problem? Because. It's like with with um, conservatives who whine on the internet about oh we're giving forty billion dollars to to Ukraine. What about the homeless vets? All right, well, what do you want to do with the homeless vets? Mm-hmm. What do you want to do? How do you exactly, precisely intend to fund programs to help with homelessness among veterans? They need to ask him that question because he's being very nebulous in his language. Mm-hmm. We need to focus on mental health. What do you mean by that? What are you doing to do that? What kind of dollars are you appropriating to focus on that? And he will be left stymied because he doesn't have a plan. He's just saying platitudes because he's a fucking lying coward. Right. Anyway, is that where we end it? He's a fucking lying coward? I I guess. I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's a pretty positive note. James White, I guess... Asshole of today, right? Sure. All right. It's the asshole of today. James White. (laughs) (laughs) And Ted Cruz. And Ken Paxton. And Greg Abbott. And Marco Rubio. And Marco Rubio. And every Newsmax host. And every Fox News host. Jesse Waters. Monsters. I mean, Jesse Waters went as far as to say, if we weren't spending so much money on critical race theory counselors we might be able to blah 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 i mean come on it's just now they're actually blaming lockdowns now we're getting into this even deeper but they're saying oh well lockdowns contributed to mental illness and and that is all it's just every conspiracy theory wrapped together rather than solving the very real problem with very real solutions that the rest of the world has actually come to we're gonna leave it there We love you guys. We appreciate you very much. Thanks for your support. Thanks for your dedication. Thanks to your listenership. If you would like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash I doubt it podcast. Choose a tier and help support our work. Help move the conversation 
forward on an episode-by-episode basis. We love you guys. We will see you next time. Until we do, it'll be episode 800, believe it or not. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It.